Hey, this is Savannah from The Faithful Project, and I'm so excited to tell you that a brand new single from our 2021 live recording just released. The Detour is a vulnerable song inspired by Elizabeth in the Bible. We often focus on the end of her story when her hope was fulfilled, so it's easy to forget how many years she spent waiting. That's why I'm so thankful my friends Sarah Kroger, Tamar Chip, and Crystal Wells wrote this song for anyone experiencing a painful detour, setback, or season of waiting. This song doesn't deny the pain. Detours feel defeating, but we hope it reawakens an inner strength that comes as you hope in God. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Scott, with Compassion International. The Word of God is filled with the voices of mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. Each of their stories shows us different sides of God's kindness, love, and faithfulness, and how that faithfulness is just as active and present today as it was thousands of years ago. The Faithful Project is a gathering of female poets, songwriters, authors, and storytellers, creating a space for them to dive into the stories of the ancient and mysterious women of the Word and to learn and share about their own stories in the process. We are so glad you've joined us today as we speak of what we've seen. On today's episode, we sit down with photographer Joy Prouty, artist and author Savannah Log, and worship leader Tamar Chip, as they examine the story of Jesus revealing His resurrection to Mary. They discuss how we should remain sensitive to the voice of God, how sharing your victories is just as valuable as sharing your shortcomings, and how significant it was for Mary to be the first to see Jesus after His death. Now, here's their conversation. My name is Joy Prouty. I am an artist, photographer, writer, any way that you can express sorrow, I find a way to do that. Um, I have six children. Did I already say that? They've taken all my memory away. No. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, I have a, a very sensitive heart. So mm. Mary Magdalene is right up my alley. Yes. I love that. Um, I'm Savannah Locke. I own a local real estate media photography business. And I also do some writing. So I was able to write a chapter in this faithful book. And actually my chapter was about Mary Magdalene. So I'm super excited to talk about her, to give her some space today, um, to share a little bit about her, her story. And so what we're going to be looking at specifically is in John 20, starting at verse 11, which you may have heard this story before, but it's when after Jesus died and they went to put like cloths and oils and et cetera on his body. And, um, they came instead to find that the cloths were folded up and that Jesus was taken away. And so obviously, even though Jesus had said that he was going to be resurrected, they couldn't interpret it or see it at the time in that way. And so what it says in verse 11 is that Mary stood outside of the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And so at this moment, I love to put myself in her position here where, you know, you, you've fallen in love with this person and you 
this person represents so much for you where Jesus treated her with so much dignity and respect where she was able to learn from him and be his disciple. And then all of a sudden, not only was he crucified in the most brutal way in front of your eyes, but then when you went to see him at the tomb, he was completely gone or missing. And so basically in this story, what we see to happen is that she thought that his body was stolen, maybe by like disciples or maybe by the Pharisees or by haters, whoever. And so she just knew that his body was missing and she was so grieved by that. And then these angels come along and they're like, why are you crying? And she was like, well, because someone took away the body of my Lord. And Basically, as the story goes on, Jesus appears to her in this garden outside of the tomb, but she didn't even recognize that it was him. She was thinking that he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you've seen him, please tell me where they've taken him so I can go find him. And I love what happens next. You guys, it's seriously probably my favorite story in the Bible. It says in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And so basically this moment happens where Jesus says her name and all of a sudden Mm. like the veil was lifted and she realized who she was talking to Mm -hmm. and that his body hadn't been stolen and that he hadn't disappeared but that he was right before her eyes and so basically mary clings to him and she wants to stay with him and jesus says no like go tell people go tell people what you've seen and then she runs back to the disciples and she lets them know that she had seen the lord And so that's our story of Mary in John 20, the Savannah Locke version (laughs) with a lot more basically than what is in the original. Love it. (laughs) So when you guys think about this story, what do you think about? Like what comes to mind? And when you grew up, what were you taught around this story? Stuff like that. Go ahead, Tamar. Wow. I mean, I just, I think what you said about Mary, it just took one word. He knew, she knew his voice. Mm. They have relationship. And so she didn't recognize him by sight, but mm. she knew his voice. Mm. And I thought that was very, mm-hmm. um, just really speaks revelation about the relationship that they had, that he had made such an impression on mm. her um, that she would remember the voice of Jesus. Mm. And so um, that just speaks on so many levels. But I love that the scriptures, I mean, this is a such a great moment. I mean, she ends up seeing Jesus. She's the first woman to ever see Jesus. She becomes almost like an evangelist, if Mm -hmm. you will, to go Mm -hmm. out. And so um, I love that the scriptures show us that a woman had the first encounter, um, which is so critical to show that women are so valued. Mm -hmm. Our voices are valued, that we can go and share. Mm -hmm. And he revealed himself to her before the other disciples. Now that is something to think about. That's really something to think about. Yeah, Yeah. goosebumps. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. Okay. The part that really, well, I've read it many times in different translations, but the part where she she had been told a promise that she did not really fully understand. Mm. And how many times have we felt like we have this revelation from God, this assuredness that we're going to be seen through this, but we also have the knowing that uh, it's an upside down kingdom Mm. and that this promise might not end with... uh, happiness Mm -hmm. (laughs) or good feelings. And so I just think about all the times where I've felt so sure of what God is saying. And then when I start to play it out in my own mind, I'm like, where did God go? Where, where, did, where did they put him? Where, and that's what she's saying is, where did they put Jesus? Mm-hmm. And as if everything was um, lost and that that misunderstood promise was even more misunderstood than she could have 
even fathomed. Mm. And so I just think uh, of all of the times where I have been sure that God is present, but I cannot find where I put him. Mm. And so, um, yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah, the idea that sometimes our relationship to grief can prevent us from seeing God in front of us. And that, like, I get this visual of her kind of, like, peering around and looking in the tomb and seeing something that all of us would draw the same conclusions, that his body was taken away. Yes. Even though God said, I'm going to be resurrected, like, it's literally the first time it ever happened in history. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even judging her for not... Yeah. Like recognizing, mm-hmm. oh, he said he was going to rise from the dead, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So instead looking and being so grieved by this person being lost that it actually made it difficult for her to recognize him when he was right in front of her. Yes. And that this promise was fulfilled and it was right in front of her. And yes. I think that there's something so powerful about maybe recognizing our own interaction with God's mm-hmm. promises mm-hmm. and then the grief that can come and knowing that like, yes, 100% God is going to be faithful to us. But that doesn't always look like what we think. Yes. And what would it look like for us to hold loosely what we wanted things to look like and hold hold loosely to our grief even, and then recognize like where God is showing up Mm -hmm. in our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that he's never missing. It's us. We're the lost ones. Yeah. That he's not ever missing. That's so powerful. Okay. So when I think about Mary Magdalene too, I... I think about the ways that I relate to her, but I'd be curious to hear from you guys. When you think about her specifically, and maybe even in this story, how do you feel like you relate or that your story overlaps with hers? Hmm. Hmm. Being unseen Mm -hmm. is a strong theme for many women. Uh, And it's so rare that we get any glimpse into the heart of a woman that feels Um, so close to Jesus that walked with him through all of these ways. And it all began with him seeing her, lifting her face and saying that you are precious. Mm -hmm. And if I think about every time in my life where I have felt so unseen, uh, all it takes is getting still and uh, listening for the Mm -hmm. voice of God for me to hear it. Um, And sometimes it comes in my own voice. And sometimes it's in the voice of others. And so I just, uh, it's very profound, the idea of what it means to be seen without having vision. Mm. Um, and that oftentimes when we find God, it's it, what you were saying about how she knew his voice. Mm. And Tamara, I think, you know, being a mom, it's yeah. even when our children are sleeping, mm-hmm. they recognize they our sure voice. Yeah. And even in the womb, there's so much research about how you play a song and your child will recognize it and move mm-hmm. to the beat That's when good. they come out. Yeah. And so this, this, this lostness, this not being able to see Jesus, it comes back in an instant. And I think that's really important and how it resonates with me too is when I feel lost or when I can't hear Jesus saying my name and saying who I truly, whose I truly am, mm. um, it only takes a second to hear his voice again to come back. But there's so much time wasted looking around for where he might be instead of getting still and listening. That's so good. Yeah. I think about alignment with that too. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of when you hear the voice of God, being sensitive to it and then like realigning your vision and realigning your posture towards God. Yes. And I love that you said too, that it can, it just takes an instant. And I think about the passage that talks about like my sheep hear my voice Mm, and they know that it's me. Mm -hmm. And with 
recognizing that with God, that like shame is not part of the economy of the kingdom period. So like sometimes you can feel shame where you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm such an idiot for thinking that you wouldn't rise from the dead. Like you said, or, oh, I'm so dumb for even being here weeping outside of this tomb. Like I know that I shouldn't feel that way, but Mm. instead like ridding yourself of the shame or the guilt that could come from that. And just realigning with the love of God, when Mm. you hear God's voice can be a super powerful. Yes. Yeah. Truth and reality. Yeah. And then just the revelation of God's voice and who he is, you just can't help but to get up and go. Mm. And I just love Mm -hmm. that she, again, she was just so compelled. I mean, I think about the scripture, didn't our hearts burn for him? With Emmaus, yeah. I mean, I just, it's just that one encounter. That's all that it takes um, of how God, he forgives you. He overlooks you know, our past sins, that he, you know, separates those sins from the East to the West. There's mm-hmm. no judgment or condemnation. And so um, I just, I just can't get over how she just got up and went. I just mm-hmm. love that. This is something that, yes. um, you know, and, and, and not to trivialize this, this part of scripture, but we think about simply when there's a great sale and we call up our friends, we're like, man, you got to catch this sale. Yeah. <laughs> and we just get on the phone and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, we're talking about this woman who had a major revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how quickly we go and tell, a, you know, about mm-hmm. trivial things. But once we get a revelation of God, I mean, it just compels us to get up and go. Yes. Um, it's just something you just can't help but talk about. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. I think, too, about, like, the significance, like what you said earlier, and I think yeah. what you alluded to is that she was a woman going mm-hmm. back and being yeah. an evangelist. Yeah. And that that wasn't, that wasn't common in that time. Mm-hmm. And the idea, too, that... Like, I remember learning this in school that a woman's testimony at this period in time couldn't even be held up in court, Mm. but that Jesus sent a woman back to say, hey, he's actually alive. He's not dead. That's profound. And just like the power behind that, that Mm. God is always going to like take what's foolish in the eyes of the world and elevate Mm -hmm. them. Yes. And that there's so much power in the reality that Mary, A, stuck around because the disciples were there beforehand and left. Yep. And that Mary was around there and then simultaneously that God... God like chose to use her to right. be the mouthpiece for the resurrected God. Yes. And to be the first one to really preach this new, this yeah. new gospel, which is really exciting to me. It's yeah. profound. Hey, this is Eiler with the Faithful Project. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. And a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? For me, I've adopted a self-care practice that looks like daily time being quiet in the morning with my coffee. I like to do at least one bath a week, preferably in the middle of the week. Just relax, maybe watch a TV show. But I've also been to therapy. And it's been incredibly important, especially in these months after having a baby. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, 
And faithful project listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash faithful project. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash faithful project. I wonder what you guys think about, and this this is spurring from what you were saying about how she just got up and yeah, went. Yeah. Um, I know for all of the times where I felt God has spoken to me mm-hmm. and I, I spend so much time thinking, is this only for me? Should I tell people about this? Mm-hmm. Is this is this one of the things that's going to yeah. change mm-hmm. someone's life? Yeah. <laughs> like we do so much analyzing as to yeah. we have seen God in this way and is it just for me? Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just, it, it makes me think about all the other times in scripture. Yeah. Um, does Jesus ever do something miraculous and think that it's it will never come to light? Mm. And you know, and of course, there's I'm not a Bible scholar. <laughs> you you've written all these things. I would love to hear what you say about this. When Jesus does his miracles, he knows they will come out, mm. right? Like, and and it's with great intention, even though there's so much humility behind it. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps that's the greatest lesson that I can take from that that's specific so thing yeah. is don't think is this thing that God did to be kept quiet. Right, right. Um, Just don't consider that option. Mm. Um, And maybe it's not for a grand audience, but it is always with reason greater than just us personally. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? It's great. Yeah, it's it's for the glory of God. It's Mm. for for men to believe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he does these radical things in our hearts and he does it for his glory, for our good, but also for his glory Mm -hmm. so that, you know, he he says in the word that he doesn't want anybody to not repent. Mm-hmm. And so these miracles are for us to encourage us, mm-hmm. um, to bring us closer to the faith. And nobody can can shut down your personal testimony. I think personal mm-hmm. testimony mm-hmm. is so important. Nobody can debate what Ooh. God has done mm-hmm. in your life. And so more so sometimes in reading just the scriptures, mm-hmm. but if somebody can hear what God has done with to you it's in so your true. life personally, that really makes a big mark. I'm encouraged by your story. I'm encouraged by your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm encouraged when I hear testimonies in our church. I'm encouraged when God does miraculous things because it shows me that God can do it in my life as it's well. So, wow. And so we can't hide, yes. you know, under the bushel what God has done yeah. um, because we're the light. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's so, so good. Yeah. Amen. My gosh. I got chills tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, tomorrow you're going to preach. Oh, mercy. Preach it, girl. <laughs> Our very own Mary right here among us. Yeah, I think about a couple of things with that, A, with like the idea of the revelation about like yeah. the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony yep. and how much the word of our testimony does matter. And with you talking through like not putting our light underneath mm-hmm. something yes. and not being afraid or not hiding our light mm-hmm. and thinking about this is so random, but two things come to mind. One is like a virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because of COVID, but the idea of like how it spreads so quickly. Yeah. And I think in our day and age too, negative news and mm-hmm. negative instances spread like a flash. Right. So it's just like, mm, mm, mm. and then all of a sudden people all across the world know about bad things that have happened. Mm-hmm. And we're so much more reluctant to share like the good mm-hmm. and the victories mm-hmm. and the joys. But the truth is, is that like joy can spread too. Yeah. And so can faith and so can light and love and laughter. Yes. And when you think through that and recognizing that like your participation in that matters because you can actually spread joy and you can yeah. spread faith yeah. through your testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think about that. And then I also think about the Eucharist with like this idea of communion, like the idea of breaking bread 
and then giving it. Mm-hmm. And with like Mary's story, like this idea that like this, like breaking and, and spreading and giving to others. Yes. And, and I think that in terms of like what God has done in our own lives from anything from like, maybe something as Marcus as like a healing, who mm-hmm. knows, or just something in like, Hey, this morning I was reading this book and I felt like God spoke to me and said X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And like, that is an opportunity to break the bread yeah. that God has given you the bread of life and then give it to That's other people. So good. Mm. Yes. That's what I think yeah. about. Yeah. It's the good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wow. the good news. Um, this is kind of off track, but your let's off go. track thing kind of got let's me off go. track in yeah. a good way. So let's mm-hmm. maybe we can circle it back. But when you were talking about how negativity spreads mm-hmm. so quickly, um, I've been doing all this neuro research mm-hmm. about the way that memories and negativity stick in the brain. Mm-hmm. And when we're exposed to something negative, uh, it becomes a memory in our mind instantly within one second. Mm-hmm. But when it's something positive and beautiful, it takes up to 30 seconds for mm-hmm. it to become a memory in mm-hmm. our mind. So it mm-hmm. takes literally 30 times the amount of sitting mm-hmm. and presence. And mm-hmm. so it just makes me think about, okay, so how can, how, how does that relate to spreading goodness and joy mm-hmm. and the gospel yeah. against this negativity that seems like it is so, it's way more <laughs> than the good. And it makes me think about why it's done in relationship. Mm. Because in relationship, you have to sit long enough to Mm. let someone's story, Mary's story. Jesus knew that she was an emotional being. He wasn't Mm. discounting that. He knew that she would carry with her all of the joy and the story and relationship that he had stored up in her heart. Um, And that this miracle, this this good news would come out in the realm of someone sitting long yeah. enough to hear not yeah. only the good news, but all of the stuff that backed it up. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really encouraging to think about that in the, in the way that we are sharing our story and how you're in, saying, just get up and go. Yeah. Let that be a snap quick thing to get up and go. But then when it comes time to share the good news that you sit yeah. and you you yeah. really see people the way that Jesus mm-hmm. saw mm-hmm. Mary and you share with them in a way that they are able to internalize it and it becomes imprinted upon their yeah. brain. Yeah. yeah. And hence, you know, Jesus using the parables mm. to help people understand yes. the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, he's using our story in the kingdom. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Mm. I love it. And I think what we talked about earlier in um, the context of Rahab's story is how much our lives do matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the times, because there's so much going on in the world and also just like with sometimes what we hear about God, where it's like, God doesn't need you. God's going to do what God's going to do regardless of you participating. But I think with all of these women's stories and with Mary, with her story, what it shows is like God actually doesn't need us, but he chooses to That's use good. us and yeah. that he wants to work through us and to partner with us and bringing the kingdom to earth. And so with Mary, when Jesus said like, hey, don't cling to me, actually go and tell people. Mm. It reminds me a lot of like Ezekiel 37 with like Ezekiel prophesying over the dry bones. And God could have said like, I'm going to prophesy over these and watch the army rise. But instead he said, no, Ezekiel, you prophesy. Mm-hmm. You speak to, you call the spirit from the east and the yeah. west and watch those bones live. And I think for me, what that brings out with Mary is this idea that like God wants us to participate in mm. this whole thing. Yeah. And there are no people on the sidelines in the kingdom. Like mm. you are, you are meant to participate in this story. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't participate, then you would be missing from the story. Yes. And your voice matters in, in how, and how you're experiencing God mm-hmm. and what your experiences and revelations with God are that matters. And it's yeah. going to affect other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So basically the point is we all need to be preachers. (laughs) (laughs) But God can use us all in whatever capacity. So some, I mean, a lot of people think, man, God can't use me. I'm not in like the five-fold ministry. No. But you can be, you can have an impact at the coffee shop. You can Mm -hmm. have an impact at work. Yep. Your your lifestyle, because mm-hmm. worship, even we think about worship, people think, oh, worship is just singing, but worship is a lifestyle. Absolutely. So people are watching yes. us. And that is a part of our testimony as well, how we treat people, mm-hmm. um, what's coming out of our mouths. Yes. How do we encourage people? How do we lift up people? What are we saying? I, mean, mm-hmm. I think all of those things you know, operate under our story and how we're getting through and navigating life yes. because people want to see that. Absolutely. Um, People are looking for hope because it is a dark time. Yeah. But the Bible again says, you know, as it gets darker, the light, we are the light that we'll mm-hmm. be able to light up mm-hmm. the dark places. Mm-hmm. And I really believe for the church, this is our hour mm-hmm. um, to really share about what God has done, the revelation that he's given us to be out, to go out and share and be authentic mm-hmm. yeah. um, and just be real. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What you were saying made me think about how, the idea of being seen started long before uh, that he was missing from the tomb. Mm-hmm. He saw her first. Mm-hmm. He was the first man to truly see her, aside mm-hmm. from maybe her father, mm-hmm. um, and how it came full circle that she was then the first one to see him, mm-hmm. yeah. and how these sorrows and um, the things that make us feel completely hopeless, which I think many people are experiencing right now, is uh, it will it will come full circle. And that place where we feel unseen and we are seen, it will come back and we will be rewarded with something so similar it's that so we can't good. even believe it's true. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That God is like so in the detail in that, like in a small sense and then also in like a big sense. Yes. Like I think so many times we think like, oh, this like dream is dead. Mm-hmm. Or I knew we're just constantly like obsessing and looking in the tomb of the dream mm-hmm. or like this hope is dead or this, you know, vision is dead or this promise of God is dead. But the truth is, is that a lot of the times it's just a matter of pivoting and seeing where the life mm-hmm. is and that God is like resurrecting things all yeah. the time. And that's yeah. just the path for him is resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it means to be like a part of the kingdom. So I agree. I love that so much. Mm. And I, I mean, I even think about perspective. I mean, yeah. so the scriptures say that the two angels were there and yeah. she's talking to the angels. Mm-hmm. Like she's so in despair. She can't, have you ever been in a situation where you're just so distraught, yes. you can't see a thing. Mm-hmm. So she's talking to two angels, didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And then of course the gardener, okay. She, she wasn't sure who that was, but it just stuck out to me. Like I'm, t- she's talking to two angels wow. in their form, <laughs> yes. right? Wow. And so, you know, we're, when we're walking through these dead situations, I think perspective is is so important yeah. um, to know yes. who we are, whose we are, mm. um, and having that relationship with Jesus um, to know and to believe, you know, he is the resurrected king, that mm-hmm. he has all power to resurrect those situations mm-hmm. um, and to be able to walk with him in these mm-hmm. situations where it just seems completely hopeless yeah. and to have that right, the right focus. I think that's, um, that's another takeaway that I had. I know mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier, but, um, to know who's walking with, I mean, the angels were right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, to know who's walking with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What opens our eyes? Yeah. Yeah. The voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even to know that God puts people in our lives too, to help walk those, those yes. certain areas out mm. to help, you know, navigate life. So there's so many takeaways mm-hmm. know. from this scripture, but I love how God used this woman. I love it too. I mean, just I know. 
that really speaks volumes Me about too. our roles and 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 how God thinks of us mm-hmm. to carry the good news. 100%. Yeah. yeah the, the, the first carrier of the good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sort of reminds me of Mary being the mom. There's a parallel there. Like the idea that like Mary carried uh-huh. Jesus yeah. Yeah. and then Mary Magdalene like carried this yeah. news of yeah. the resurrected Jesus. But that's interesting. Um, so just to like wrap up, what is something that you guys would say after thinking through Mary's story or even anything we've talked about, just as like a, a word of encouragement to whoever is listening today based on this story? I think what you said earlier about staring into the empty tomb is mm. quite a strong theme <laughs> for me in my life. Anytime mm. I start to get sad, uh, I, I I hide out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staring in the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just a reminder that when I'm looking for answers, what I truly need is peace mm. and to just access, do whatever possible to get to a place of centeredness so mm-hmm. that I am able to hear the voice of God. It's so good. I think, um, I just love like just being, being available. I think, Mm -hmm. um, that God can use us Mm -hmm. even when we feel like we're we're useless. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. even in the world's eyes, you know, we may not feel value. We may not have so many followers on, you know, social media or Mm -hmm. whatever the the world deems, um, to have value. As influential. Yeah. As Mm -hmm. influential, but God esteems us. He sees the heart. He cool. sees the value. And so um, I just love how God can use any of us mm-hmm. to be a part of this grand story that he has. Mm-hmm. So just that. to be encouraged that, just be available and um, just see how God uses you. Yeah. And that, that it can happen in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. turn around. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's so good. And I think uh, for me, the phrase that keeps coming up in my mind from what you guys have said, and then just from reading it is like, it's not over till God says it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so many times it's easy to look around and start coming up with these narratives of what might have gone wrong or yes. why something is dead. Oh, or yeah. like Mary said, maybe it's these people that took him or who, whatever. Yeah. And, blah, blah. and we start to create narratives to protect ourselves, which totally makes sense. But just to like draw yourself back to this reality that like God the lasting song of your life is going to be God's faithfulness to you. Mm. And so no matter what life looks like right now, God is not only with you, but that he's going to show up for you in ways that bring life. And so just be encouraged from this story that you, that you not only have a testimony already, but that your testimony is going to be far better than anything that you're expecting Mm -hmm. because God always, always, always shows up. And so I hope you feel super encouraged from Mary Magdalene's story. I love talking to you, too. (laughs) Thanks, ladies. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To learn more about our music, books, merchandise, or when a faithful event will be coming near you, please visit us at faithfulproject.com or follow us on social media at faithfulproject. The Faithful Project is brought to you by Compassion International, Integrity Music, and David C. Cook Publishing. To find out how you can play a vital role in releasing children from poverty, please visit Compassion.com slash faithful. Until next time, now go and speak.